Temperature 76 degrees, humidity 27%, winds northwest at 7 miles an hour. The barometer 29.96 inches and steady. These top stories in the news at this hour. New York City's crisis budget will be revealed by Mayor Beam on a radio and television broadcast tomorrow night. President Ford tells NATO members that the United States has every intention of standing by its European commitments. Three dead, 17 wounded in a senseless shooting incident in a Canadian school. This is Lester Smith reporting. Next news as it happens. Next scheduled news, 11 o'clock over WOR, Radio 710, the talk of New York. And here's Gene Shepard. business bankruptcy sale, 4,000 used fire engines. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, as a matter of fact, you know, uh, New York for years, uh, as you know, Joe, uh, has specialized in going out of business sales. Uh, as long as I can remember, you walked out through the Times Square, you know, and they have these uh, places where they sell Japanese cameras and uh, uh, Indian uh, ivory nut picks. You've seen all those places down there. Almost every second or third week, there's a great big sign. It says, Sheriff says everything must go. You've seen those? And the store is always there, you know. It never goes out of it. So well, what New York going to do, if I may suggest to, to Mr. Beam a suggestion, uh, to the entrance of all the tunnels, we ought to have one of those great big red and white signs printed. Going out of business sale. Must sell everything. Need cash. <laughs> hey, you know, this is a make bid. Uh, uh, 342 uh, sanitation trucks are now available. After all, in many neighborhoods, they never get there anyway, right, Joe? So uh, why not sell them and get, a little, get some dough, you know? Uh, 1,847 fire engines for sale. Big discounts. Uh, fire sale now going on. And uh, you, just think of what you could get for uh, all those uh, mimeograph machines, you know, with a... City is turning out all those uh, various mimeograph notices to people. Jay, just a minute, you know, just a suggestion, friends. Uh, would you please, if you will, Joe, you guys look a little bit distraught in there, so sneak it in there. Right. Please, just uh, bring it in there, please. There you go. Oh, a little delicacy here. 
I'm just, uh, at this point, I'm trying to get my head together, you know. I'm just, I've got these great ideas, you know. New York, going out of business sale. Uh, that reminds me of a cartoon that I saw the other day. It shows this uh, turnpike. You've seen the, you know, turnpike. You see trucks racing along, and it's a great big turnpike. And over the turnpike is a great big green and white sign, you know, the kind that you see on the Jersey turnpike, like uh, Piscataway, uh, Hoboken, exit 14C, ramp speed uh, 75. <laughs> well, that's, let's face it, that's the reality of it. I saw a guy with a giant semi-tractor trailer hit a ramp the other day. He must have gone 190, 220, something like that, you know. Uh, he goes roaring, puff smoke. But that's uh, all beside the point. This cartoon had a great big uh, sign. See it there, Joe? I'm holding it up. Exhibit A. It says, uh, Welcome to the Midwest, but of 1,000 cruel and tasteless jokes. <laughs> Just think of it. I'll pass here. Where does the East begin? I mean, if you're coming, like, say, if you're coming from Indianapolis, where do you hit the East? Okay, let's say Harrisburg is that probably at the PA, right? You could have a big sign. Welcome to the Athate East. <laughs> you know, then down around Atlanta, you know, just south of Atlanta, you have a big sign that says, Welcome to the Decadent South. You're looking very serious, Joe. Don't you think it's a funny idea? Or do you are you sitting in there worried about what they put over your house? You know, welcome to the Jukes and the Calicax. Here, bring it up there. <laughs> welcome to the underprivileged illiterate few. Welcome, bourbon drinkers. Oh, there, hold it there. It's the bourbon hour. Brought to you. No, no, we've we, not brought to you by anybody. We're just flubbing along here. That's right. Uh, here's a, uh, a guy sends me a note here. I have to... You know, one of our spies sends me a note. He says, Shepard, uh, here's one for you. Could this be the first signs of a decaying civilization? Well, now, the signs of a decaying civilization are very difficult to pinpoint. You know, when Rome started to go down, uh, you know, the couple of guys sitting there next to the swimming pool in their togas and they're bringing in the, uh, uh, the roast oxen, the Nubian handmaidens are bringing in the grapes. Uh, it was very difficult at that point to determine just... What was a significant sign of the decay of Rome? Do you agree, Joe? I mean, because it's all so groovy. <laughs> I mean, you know, decaying is often more fun than anything. Oh, yes. Of course. I mean, you know, that means pornies, dancing by the swimming pool, chicks. Uh, oh, you know, the whole scene. Wow. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, here's his question. He says, could this be the first signs of a decaying civilization? Victoria, Texas. The best all-around person in the world will be chosen uh, this weekend, this coming weekend. I'm looking forward to that person. You know, you've, you've heard Miss America, Miss Universe, uh, Miss Utah, all these various things. Well, now they're going one giant step forward. I think this is a real step forward. The best all-around person in the world will be crowned this weekend. <laughs> I wonder if Bert Parks is saying, And here he comes, the best all-around person in the world. And uh, he's walking around there, you know, wearing that rented tuxedo with all those rented teeth. I'm just uh, curious. Uh, you have the feeling that they spray his hair on? Or he has a, you know, he has little uh, little ear flaps that hook on in the back there. It's just a shiny, oh, I'll tell you, you get the tremendous... 
If you get in the way of uh, the sun bouncing off of Bert Parks' hair, you'll have to need those Polaroid sunglasses. This hair shines. Oh, and the teeth are wonderful, just wonderful. Did you notice Colleen Dewhurst's teeth the other night? She was on this, uh, uh, you know, doing this uh, O'Neill thing. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I wonder, uh, I just wonder what thousands and millions of people sitting across the country, uh, you know, tuning in to get, the, you know, such goodies as uh, Good Times or Chico and a Man, you know, all these uh, series shows. And they turn on the TV set and they get, uh, they get Jason Robards and Colleen Dewhurst doing The Moon of the Misbegotten. I mean, I just wonder what kind of confusion they... <laughs> what the hell is that? What's that guy talking about, huh? It's uh, Jason Robards just say, you know... I've never been able to believe anything Jason Robards does, although he's interesting in doing it. Uh, you know, it's like watching a guy carve balsa wood models. Uh, they can be beautiful models, but you don't confuse them for, a uh, say, a 707. You know, in other words, say, <laughs> I never believed the character he is. He's always Jason Robards, but and, and he's, you know, he's he's ham and a yard wine. That's why one of the reasons I like him. He's always saying things with, and I was drunk. I was drunk, for God's sakes. Do you understand? I was drunk. And then he clasps his forehead and looks down. And, uh, <laughs> and I just wonder what... Yeah, that was one of the lines out of the uh, the play. I'm actually quoting uh, Eugene O'Neill there, who wrote the most dynamic soap operas ever seen in America. And, and the people were always having, uh, you know, uh, problems with their relatives. That's, uh, he, he really is one of the original soap opera writers, but he uses this great high-flown language in doing it, you know, uh, uh, doing such, such things as saying things like, uh, Man! You wouldn't believe I sat with my mother. Are you listening? <laughs> my mother. And I said to her, I am not drunk. And she could see that I was drunk. Oh, wow. And it's, uh, I could just see some poor guy, you know, tunes in there to try to get Cannon. And uh, he figures any minute now, uh, Cannon is going to come around the garage and discover this guy is actually uh, uh, a bank robber in disguise. But it doesn't happen. They just keep talking. They keep talking and talking and talking. And then finally, he leaves. He doesn't shoot her. He leaves. She doesn't shoot him. And they just go in the house and close the door. It's the end of the play. That must be very confusing to a TV fan who expects every situation to resolve with either gunplay or they call in SWAT. Uh, <laughs> you know... What is it? What the hell kind of cockamamie stuff is this? You know, and then in between it, there were commercials of this oil company. And uh, it always showed them drilling oil for oil in these various exotic places like Venezuela and uh, off the coast of Iceland and stuff like that. And, of course, you know damn well, two years from now, it's all going to be confiscated when the Venezuelans decide to kick us all out or the Icelandics kick us out. <laughs> you didn't see any pictures of them drilling for oil in Utah. Oh, well. I'm forever blowing a bubble-bubble-bubble-bubbles. Give me the second one, please. A pretty little delicacy, friends. It's a little delicacy. Can't you imagine some guy, he's, he's tuning in, you know, to get, uh, to get uh, let's say, uh, uh, let's, let's get the uh, Charlie Chicago Poop Band, you know? And uh, what he gets is this, see? <laughs> Thank you.
uh, written, composed, and played, especially for people who wish to dance on the tables at McDonald's. Round and round we go, the giant symbolic Big Mac. Now the second chorus, the quarter pounder with cheese gang come in. Sanders is coming in symbolically dressed like Merv Griffin. And here is Mike Douglas with all of his teeth shining. <laughs> He's cleverly disguised in this beautiful ballet as Evil Knievel. But he's not fooling us, is he? I can't tell whether Mike Douglas is... Uh, is Toady feels in drag, or whether it's the other way around. And now, Harry Reasoner steps stage front to do his famous Our Town narration. He is being pursued by Jim Ryan, the ex mile record holder who's now working as a copy boy for Jim Bowden or any one of 17 guys named Jim on ABC excluding Jim McKay we did not receive permission to use his name in this that's a copyrighted name you know like the Reader's Digest and Band-Aid Uh, Fred is playing Jim McKay this week. Or Al, Jim McKay all over the place. She knew I was drunk. She knew I was drunk. This is W.O.R. in New York. Time after time, day after day, you come out better at Hills. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? This week at Hills Supermarkets, they're both on sale. Whole Purdue chickens are only 49 cents a pound, and Hills Large Eggs are just 59 cents a dozen. For a tasty deli combination, try a half pound of lean boiled ham and a half pound of American cheese. Together, they're just $1.59 a pound. And Hills has live Maine lobsters, the gourmet treat specially priced at only $1.99 a pound, while supplies last. Check our weekly newspaper ads for money-saving coupons. As always, you'll come out better at Hills. Time after time, day after day, you come out better at Hills. You come out better Bring it up to Joe. Come on, Joe. You come out better. <coughs> oh, I'm sorry. Gee. This cheap Sears Roebuck microphone. Hey, uh, it says, there's a note up there. It says, Long Island Stamp. That sounds like a rock group. Or it sounds like a new dance, you know, the Long Island Stomp Stamp. All right, here, here's what it is. Let's see what it is. Oh, yes, collectors, investors, stamp buffs. Don't miss Long Island's third annual stamp show and exhibition to be held at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum in picturesque Union Dale, May 30th through the 1st of June. 
with over 80 dealers and eight participating foreign governments, plus show cancels. Oh, I've been in several show cancels myself. Well, that's another thing. LISD 75 will be enjoyed by experienced collectors and novices alike. Come, learn, explore, buy, sell, spend your money, enjoy. May 30th through June 1st at the Nassau Coliseum for the biggest Long Island Stamp Collectors Association show ever. And it's underlined there, ever. That's important. Just be sure you're not there when that hockey team is practicing. You're probably got a puck in the teeth. Isn't that where they play there? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, uh, old buddy, are you going out tonight? Well, the going's great on Broadway. We're a beautiful new musicale called Shenandoah is getting bravos at every performance. Bravos for its handsome star, John Cullum. Hey, what is this? Whose beautiful baritone voice is the best on Broadway and whose performance won him a Tony Award. Bravos for leading ladies Donna Theodore and Penelope, oh, Penelope Milford, you know, like in Jersey, for the gorgeous music and the Tony Award winning book. So it's, it's Sacco Evening, Shenandoah, the Alvin Theater on 52nd Street West of Broadway. Join in the fun and the cheers. I want you to stand up now and look in the mirror in the john and just holler out, Bravo! Bravo for you! Bravo for you, Clarence W. Bullard! Bravo! You're one of the bravest guys in the world! You have just bought a ticket to a Broadway show, and it's only cost you $242! Not including parking and tax! Bravo! Mm, Brack. That's at the album theater. There's another commercial that says N.J. Dodge. What is the... Oh, you know what the New Jersey Dodge is? That's a famous flim-flam game that was pulled in the 1880s. Well, here, let's hear what it says. If anybody says you can't beat inflation, tell them to go to Dodge. Waiting at the Dodge Boys now. $200 more in rebates on a new Dart, Tradesman Van, or Light Duty Carry Van. When you buy or lease any new Dodge Dart from stock or a light-duty van, you'll get $200 cash back from Chrysler Corporation. The Dart gives you low purchase price, high resale value, and great gas mileage. The Tradesman Maxi Van is the biggest in the business. All you do is make your best deal at the Dodge Boys on a new Dart or Dodge van. You'll get $200 cash back. But hurry, it's a limited-time offer for retail customers only. One to a customer at participating Dodge dealers. So if anybody says you can't beat inflation, just tell them Yes, see your local participating Dodge dealer now. Max E. Van. Did you hear him mention him in there? He was the famous guy that, that pulled the New Jersey Dodge the first time. What they did, they sold over 40,000 acres of the New Jersey swamp. You know the great swamp over there? And they didn't even own it. They sold it for over $700 an acre, and that was in 1887, the New Jersey Dodge. They told them one day that there would be a football stadium on the site. And, uh... Oh, I'm sorry, friend. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, you know. Uh, I, I, you know one of the reasons I like to go through, uh... I like to go through with sh- supermarket lines is that's the only time I see... Uh, copies of these cockamamie newspapers that you see, you know, now they sell them as you go through the the uh, the line there to get your uh, uh, your Twinkies uh, all totaled up and all that. They have these papers to see, you know, TV guide, and there's always a paper that says Gene Dixon pre- predicts total war, a total war. Jackie Onassis will take on, you know, 
And uh, I, I love to see that kind of stuff. For example, there's a headline the other day. I come through there, you know, and I had my usual load of Twinkies and Tab and uh, all the little cockamamies that I buy, stuff like capers. You know, well, I use capers in my act. See, you know, you've, you've read the, in the... It's full of wonderful, funny capers. And uh, I, I, uh, <laughs> I do. I go in there and load up on that. So I'm... Am I getting a negative reaction from the control room? Well, that's typical of the control room. Have you noticed, though, that I can do stuff here? I can, I can do the funniest stuff you've ever heard since, uh, since uh, Phyllis Diller got her face lifted, you know? And uh, what happens? Nothing. You're sitting there and you write and you phone, you read your allied catalog. I do one, one bad thing, immediately all the heads come up. Boo, 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 boo. I don't get any thumbs up. No, never. It's a negative society. Anyway, I'm going through the line there, see, with my usual little load of uh, Yankee Doodles and stuff like that, see. And um, I, I see these magazines. Who buys this stuff? You know, like uh, George Papard tells all the story that he don't want to have out. You know, it shows George Papard looking mad from the front of this thing. Uh, or it says, uh, Telly Savalas gives you his ideas of love, sex, and collecting cigar bands. You know? Who buys this stuff? I'm just curious. You do, Joe? Oh, no, don't point to me. I, I, one headline says, Was the devil an astronaut? Now, there's a new idea. <laughs> oh, no, there's a possibility. Yes, the devil was an astronaut. He, he, uh, he came from another planet. And uh, he came down here, you know, and he set up shop and uh, started doing all this bad stuff and uh, he put all the witches in business and then left. Just left us with the whole rotten mess. That's this exclusive inside. Oh, have you noticed that uh, practically all these stories says uh, uh, great things like uh, experts predict that within two hundred years there's all of these experts. You read inside and they never na they're never named. Inside it says expert says do not use my name. That's a story, you know. <laughs> and next to it, it says expert says devil was astronaut. Who are these experts? Is Gene Dixon an expert? <laughs> All right, Shepard will make some predictions. Okay, buddy. Uh, you're leaving? Why is she any better at predicting than I am? Well, she is not. As a matter of fact, have you heard any of my tapes? As a matter of fact, two years ago, two years ago, I predicted... Oh, I predict real things. She always predicts these general things, like she says, Within 90 days, an important world figure will die. Well, of course, uh, any insurance man will tell you that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> or, you know, she comes up with those great things like, uh, you know. So uh, my, my feeling is that the prediction business today is the, one of the biggest businesses because you can predict anything and it will come true. It's uh, predicting the difficult things. For example, two years ago, I have a, a guy sends me a tape. He actually sends me a tape of the day that I did it. I predicted that within... Within a short time, roller skates would outsell bicycles. You remember when we went through the bicycle craze about two years ago? Absolutely true. Uh, a, a recent report in one of the major uh, international weeklies pointed out that roller skating is now being pursued by over 25 million Americans. And roller skating is become... Did Gene Dixon tell you that? Hell no. She was still sticking with the feelers mitts. And I was pointing out... <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Oh well. Anyway, uh, speaking of predictions, I will predict without any absolute, without any evidence to, to base it up. But I will predict it on my great insight. 
that Gene Shepard will be live June 6th at Princeton University. It's going to be there. Yes, that's D-Day. Yeah, we've got Fabian. Uh, you know, how, oh, he's always around when there's D-Day. And we've got John Wayne. And we've got this great big cardboard LST that's going to come right through the audience. And it's going to go, the front's going to open up and all these LCIs are going to come pouring out. And we're going to reenact the 4th Division's landing on the Omaha Beach. Right there on the stage at Alexander. Alexander Hall. It's going to be exciting. Wait till I start shooting star shells, by the way, up into the balcony. Ho, 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 that's going to stir them up there. <laughs> you ever seen a star shell? That's the thing, you know, you shoot it up, and uh, Fabian's out there laying on the ground, you know, a no man's land, and the, the thing floats down in a parachute. Ah, oh, that's exciting. Wait till I start shooting those up into the up into the balcony. Oh, yeah, I may wing a couple of people down there, but I'm saving my BIR for that crowd. Yeah, the star shell's up on the top there, right? But it's going to be exciting. It's going to be June 6th, and uh, it's uh, very exciting. It's a, it's, a, it's a benefit for WPRB, and they sure need as much help as they can get. That's a college radio station, <laughs> the Princeton station. And if you uh, would like to call them for tickets, it's 921-9284, and that's in area 609, as in Squadron 609. You remember Cliff Robertson, don't you? Flying those mosquitoes right up that fjord. Well, what's the matter with you guys? You're just certainly awful square tonight. Now, would you please uh, put on one of my favorite tunes of all times right now? That wonderful uh, ballad, you know, it's from an 1874 song that was sung in the old rectors, a famous old cafe here in New York, where Diamond Jim Beatty was always sitting around and drinking uh, champagne out of uh, a Susan B. Anthony slipper. Yes, uh, J Diamond Jim Brady. It's a famous story when Diamond Jim Brady came in there and he drank champagne out of Susan B. Anthony's slipper. And by the way, she wore a size 13 shoe. And uh, at that point, uh, this piece of music was written for that uh, magnificent event because in those days, you know, songwriters were always looking for something to write about. Not that they're not today. Oh, and uh, here's the song. I think you'll love it. And all the strings were playing there at Rutgers and Diamond Jim Brady sitting around in that tuxedo, swelling champagne out of Susan B. Anthony's. Now you can wash away corns and calluses with Cornoside. For thousands of sufferers, it has truly felt like a miracle worker. Cornoside medicated foot bath helps relieve pain in just minutes so your feet feel refreshed and revived. And right after is a perfect time to use the amazing Cornoside eraser. It leaves your feet feeling smooth. Cornoside, available at all Alexanders. Corn side. This is great when I listen. Corn's ain't gonna get to you. Corn side. Your corns will have no place to hide. Corn side. Oh, just me and my shadow walking along here. Yowza, yowza. Me and the boys. Yowza, yowza. Corn side. Corn side. Say, if you live or work out on Long Island, uh, T.S., buddy, and you like to... Oh, I'm sorry, that isn't what... Uh, that, that, well, let's start this commercial over here. If you love to work or if you live out on Long Island and you like to eat out, they, uh, you know, with that great cooking you get at home, it's often very exciting to eat out, get something to eat for a change. They've got a fantastic two-for-one type of offer you ought to look into. 
It's a joint effort with a local charity and 14 really good restaurants like, uh, for example, the Captain's Table Restaurant at the Hempstead Holiday Inn and Scampy Manor in Massapequa. What happens is you get to have dinner for two at each restaurant, and that includes two dinner theaters, and you only pay for one meal. The more expensive one, of course, but that should almost cut your bill in half for the food. On 14, you could save over 100 bucks. Now, I'm just uh, quoting you. What do you mean 14 what? Anyway, it says, on 14, you could save over $100. Of course, you pay $15 to get the package, but $2 of that goes to the Arthritis Foundation. So it sounds like a good deal all around, if you can understand what it's all about. That take, you know, you got to have a little faith, buddy. Why don't you send in a check tonight? Go ahead. You're sending in all the checks all the time. Everybody. Send in a check tonight. Send it to Adventures in Dining, Box 398, Garden City, New York, 11530. That's Adventures in Dining, Box 398, Garden City, New York. Cornelside. Cornelside. I'm sorry, Lee. Uh, I, I, I wanted to tell you what this spy said to me. Uh, he sent me this note here. It says, in Victoria, the best all-around person in the world will be chosen this weekend. Well, that's not all. He will take his place of honor alongside the best belcher in the world, which they are also going to... Uh, uh, hey, are you listening, Lee? Did you hear that? The best belcher in the world. Now, I, I, I'm not... Really, I hate to say such words on the radio. I'm not the one that's inventing it, though. This is what they're looking for. The best... Uh, I hate to say that. It's, it's such bad taste. But I've seen some unbelievably talented... Burpers in my time. I, uh, as a matter of fact, I I I remember a friend of mine <laughs> when I was in school. Stanley Roper, for one thing, could could uh, he could burp at will, which is not easy to do. He could burp at will. He didn't even need you know he didn't need a a Geno's a, a double hamburger or anything like that to do it with or chili or anything, and he could do it at will. He could he could send them out in a long stream. What's the matter, Joe? Don't worry about it. Everything's okay. He, have you ever seen anybody who could burp in, in like, machine gun bursts? Now, I, I, uh, I, I'd like to be able to demonstrate for you here, but I simply don't have that kind of talent. I'd like... No, I can't do it. I can't do it. And we used to stand around and watch Stanley burp. And uh, once in a while, uh, he, he, would, he would do whole tunes, like he would burp our school song. Now, our school song was a hammer with fight for you. Purple victory is a hue. And, and he, would, he would just write on pitch. Fantastic. He had a great sense of rhythm and tremendous beat. And uh, obviously, he was ahead of his time. By now, he could be in this contest. And in those days, it was just all, every man for himself, see? And then he began to work on stuff like, uh, well, the classics. He burped Beethoven's Third Symphony. And I incidentally, he, he, he knew what he was talking about because he played in the school orchestra and he burped the oboe part, which is very, very difficult. Uh, not only difficult to play, but difficult to burp. But uh, nevertheless, the best all-around person will be shown. They're going to also uh, have the best belcher. Uh, they're, they're also down in Texas uh, this weekend. They're going to uh, determine who's the best beer can smasher. Uh, have you ever seen beer can smashers? Well, I don't know what they mean by beer can smashing. I've known many guys getting smashed from beer cans, but uh, beer can smashing, I guess you mean beer can crushing with the hand? Well, with these aluminum cans, anybody can do that. And, uh... <laughs> okay, well, 
they're also going to have an, an armadillo. This is what I'd like to see. They're going to have an armadillo rooting and burrowing contest. <laughs> you ever seen an armadillo root? Oh, yeah, you know, they wear these little beanies and they say, go, team, go, and all that stuff. Would you please hit the General Tire commercial, our favorite tune? Boom, ba dum boom. I say boom, ba dum boom. Sing it out, gang. Boom, ba dum boom. Someday you'll own, I say you'll own. Someday you'll own. Sooner or later, you'll own, General. Ba dum boom. For over 60 years, General Tire has been one of the nation's leading tire manufacturers, friends, and neighbors. But General Tire means more than just tires. Their one-stop car care centers are staffed by genuine experts who know how to take care of your car, whether it's wheel alignment, wheel balance, lube and oil change, mufflers, shock absorbers, brakes, or batteries. You'll get fast, dependable, up-to-date service using only name-brand parts and materials. So drop in to your nearest General Tire headquarters and sing as you drive in. Sing it out proudly. Silver or later, you'll General. Oh, that was really nice, wasn't it? Very exciting. Yes, sir. Uh, but uh, uh, speaking of uh, of great contests, you know, I... I uh, I, I don't enter contests anymore. You know, I I, uh, I think all of us have been influenced at one time or another by a terrible uh, trauma dealing with contests. And, uh, you know, there are people who actually win in contests. you agree? I mean, they really win. And then there's all the great crowd who just enter. Well, have you ever won a contest? Never. Of course not. I've never met anybody that ever won a contest. And I'm going to tell you, as a kid, I, I discovered early in the game that uh, the contest is something for other people to win. And uh, it happened in a beautiful day, just, you know, just one of these beautiful spring days. And I've never entered another contest ever since. And it was a, a real contest. I was a member of the Patrol Boys. Were you ever a Patrol Boy? Oh, you know, with the white belt, with the badge. You know what a Patrol Boy is. Stands on a the corner there, you know. And I was a member of the Patrol Boys. I see. You were you were one of the uh, kids that they would say, hold it there, hold it, wait, wait a minute, wait for this truck. <laughs> All right. So I was a patrol boy, see, and every year when you were a patrol boy, they used to have what they called, uh, uh, you know, with great creativity, they called it the patrol boy's picnic. Or as my friend Bolus Rakowski would say, the patrol boy's picnic. You ever heard anybody say picnic, right? Here's a picnic. And uh, so we'd, we'd go to the patrol boy's picnic. Me and Paulus and Schwartz, we were all members of the patrol boys. And the reason we were patrol boys, very simple reason. A patrol boy got out of school 15 minutes before anybody else. And, you, you know, you have to get to the, to the street corner there to stand while the others are coming out of school, see. So, I mean, and it was a kind of a feeling of real power. You know, you stand there, you put your hands out, and once in a while this great big bread, cut, big bread truck would come roaring down the street, you know, and you'd say, stop. And he'd go, get out of the way, you little bump! Wow! And you'd rush back. Oh, that happens all the time, see. So, right, you know, because a patrol boy does not have the power to arrest. I place you under arrest in the name of the patrol, uh, the schoolboy patrol of the Warren G. Harding School. You are now under arrest. Come with me. You know, he's had the lieutenant sitting back there you know, with the rookies out there correcting traffic. So, anyway, uh, I, I, yeah, I was a patrol boy. So, we had this yearly patrol boys picnic, which was held at this park. 
And, of course, it was a great big thing. We'd look forward to it. And all the patrol boys from all the other schools would come, and we'd wear our belts. You know, you'd come in full uniform. Uh, you know, just like uh, when they have an American Legion picnic, they all wear those funny little canoe hats. And uh, they walk around with badges hanging on them and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, little American flags. That's that's the uniform, see? So we would wear our patrol boy uniform badge with the, with the white belt. I still have my badge, by the way. Oh, you never know, you know. I might get stomped on a turnpike. I'd flash my patrol boy badge and show them, you know, I'm one of the boys, see? So, uh, oh, yeah, there's a certain connection there, you know. There's a certain rapport, all us uh, police officers. So, uh, nevertheless, on this, I, I must say, historic for me, on this historic Saturday morning with the patrol boy picnic at the park, all the kids came in on the yellow buses, the whole bit, and there was about 2,000 uh, patrol boys there. Now, I had been preparing all week for the contest. See, they have all these various contests, like uh, who could run the fastest 50 yards with an egg and a spoon. You ever seen that one? Well, that's, you know, greasy kid stuff. I wasn't, you know, messing around that kind of contest. That's for, you know, little skinny kids with thick glasses, that kind of stuff. See? But they did have one that, that I knew I was good at. And we had worked on it. We, you know, <laughs> we actually rehearsed it. Me and Schwartz had a gunny sack. And for about three days before the picnic, uh, we got this gunny sack, you know, big potato sack, and we put, I put my left leg in the sack, and Schwartz put his right leg in the sack, and we'd hop down to Mattingly's grocery store uh, and back up, up the alley, see, because we were preparing for the sack race. And so <laughs> we, we were, you know, we really worked on it, see, because a lot of kids, you know, a lot of people just go out and do these contests without practicing. For example, you'll see a guy uh, enter the the pie eating contest. Uh, you've seen the pie eating, you know, with your hands behind the back. Have you noticed that everybody that wins one of those contests is big and fat? He practices, man. He practices. You don't eat an entire blueberry pie with one swallow. Inhale it unless you have worked on it. So you see these big fat guys go, you know, up goes the pie and the juice is squirting out of his ears. He wins. Uh, the poor kids that come out there don't realize that practice is what makes you perfect at anything, kid. Anything. So Schwartz and I, every every night for about a week before the patrol boys picnic, we were out there with that gunny sack running like hell down the down the alley, hopping. And you know, there's, that's quite a trick. Have you ever actually uh, tried a good gunny sack sprint? Not easy. It's coordination. So we worked out a system where as as we hop, I would beat the time. See, I'd go, hop, 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 hop. So if Schwartz would get ahead of that, see, obviously, you'd tangle up, or if I get behind. So I'd go, hop, 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 like that, see. So we'd hop down to Mattingly's, and we'd get our Twinkies and buy the groceries and come hopping back. Well, everything was going cool. We were, our time was getting down to the point where we were, we could very easily have done a three, nine mile in that gunny sack. Well, <laughs> yeah, we were working on it. And why? Because that was the big event at the Patrol Boys picnic was the gunny sack race, the sack race. And for the sack race winners, they were giving two transistor, well, not transistor in those days, but two portable radios. You know the kind that had the leatherette case on them? And you'd open up the back and the batteries would fall out and spill all over your foot. And uh, yeah, they had and it had an airplane dial on it, 
And, uh, oh, wow, you know. And they were allied. They were night radios. K-N-I-G-H-T, night. And they had the fake uh, lizard skin. And they had, uh, it, in the in the schoolboy paper, you know, the paper we got, uh, we, it, it tells what the, what the various prizes were going to be. Egg and spoon contest. They were giving a free world book, you know, from A to D. Uh, you know, and if you want another one, you get another one. So who needs a world book, you know? Uh, so, <laughs> but this radio really got me, and I was really into radios, as I still am, you know. Somehow radios turned me on, and I talked Schwartz into it, and he says, okay, he said, the, the, in fact, they we're going to give two radios to the kids that won. Well, we were all out there, ready to go, and it's a slight rain. And they handed out the sacks. These were brand new gunny sacks. So that everybody got the, right, the same stock. You know, you couldn't bring your own gunny sack, you know, with a little motor inside it, cleverly concealed. So uh, each one of us had our gunny sack, and we, we, we poised at the line. And Schwartz and I, very serious. Now, I don't know why he did this. We started out very fine, off the mark. This, uh, this coach, there was a track coach that was in charge of the games, the patrol boy games. And he had this... He had this uh, nickel-plated starting pistol, you know, and he goes, pop, like that. And out we go. There was about 100 kids, 50 teams, all leaped forward. And we were well ahead. I'm going, come on, hup, 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 and Schwartz and Shepard are going like hell. And all of a sudden, oh, I hate people that giggle. All of a sudden, Schwartz started to laugh. And we're, we're five lengths ahead of him. Well, down Schwartz goes. Well, here he is. He's laying on the ground. I says, get up, Schwartz. And I grab him by the neck and pull him up. And I start, come on, Schwartz. Hup, hup, hup. He's laughing like hell. He falls down again. Now I'm down. He pulls me down. Let me say this, friends. This, if you get into any situation that requires human cooperation, forget it. No way. If your friend falls to giggling and yelling, you're going to fall to giggling and yelling yourself. Well, about 25 yards from the end, we're just laying in the mud, Schwartz laughing like hell, and I'm trying to get him up, and I can see these feet going by, all covered up with gunny sacks. <laughs> the kids are running by. <sighs> well, I realized at that point, as I'm laying in the, in the dirt with the gunny sacks hopping past me, some guys win contests and others don't. And I have never entered a contest since the great gunny sack debacle. And as far as I'm concerned, I, it, it was at that point, by the way, that the milk of human kindness and the milk of human trust that flows through all children naturally, the milk of human trust, yes, we all know that, the milk of you, oh yes, that's what they keep telling you, Dr. Spock, yes, of course, children are all born beautiful creatures like butterflies, ready to sink their little teeth right into your kneecap. Well, nevertheless, I... I I, at that point, the milk of human trust began to curdle, and I'd, I've never been able to work in tandem with anybody ever since that day. I mean, you know, here it is. Can you imagine me sitting down to collaborate with a guy on a screenplay, and all of a sudden, halfway through this big scene, he starts to giggle. He's laying on the floor. He says, this is ridiculous. What the hell are we doing this for, you know? I don't know. He who travels alone travels furthest. <laughs> I just thought that up. To, you know, it's one of those things that just come out of my head, you know. Uh, yes, uh, a rolling stone uh, gathers no... Uh, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Wait, I've got a... This, uh, I have a really great one coming up. A rolling stone gathers no... Uh, 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 
turn it. I, 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 it's almost there. I can almost. Uh, I can almost run. A Rolling Stone. Uh, wait a minute. I'll, I'll, I'll come to back. You know, I'll come back to that. I'll, I'll remember the Rolling Stone. Uh, uh, another one. Uh, look uh, before you uh, jump. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good one, right? Doesn't sound quite right, though. Look before you uh, jump. No, that's not right. And I can still see Schwartz's silly, sappy, stupid face laying there beside me, giggling. And I said, Schwartz, I want the radio! And he said, oh, no. <laughs> I so... oh, yeah. Don't trust nobody. This is WOR New York. Uh, almost said it there. WOR New York, stay tuned for In Conversation.